This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. One of the biggest fights when it comes to artificial intelligence is happening now, and it's coming from the publishing world. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. First, a quick summary on how AI works. To get it to continue to develop and give more human-like responses, it has to be fed more human-made work. So the more data it gets, the more it learns. The more creative, the better. But where, oh where, is some of this data coming from? Well, nearly 200,000 books are being used by companies like Meta and Bloomberg to train artificial intelligence tools. Except no one asked the authors. All of this was revealed in detail last week through reporting in The Atlantic, and we wanted to see how it was impacting Chicago authors. Sonali Dev is a best-selling novelist of titles like The Vibrant Years. Her latest novel, Lies and Other Love Languages, hits shelves this week. Ben Austin is an award-winning journalist, podcaster, and author of the upcoming book, Correction. And Rebecca Mackay is a professor and creative director at Story Studio Chicago. She's also the author of I Have Some Questions for You and The Great Believers. Um, You know, we had suspected for a while that this was happening. Mm -hmm. And then on social media this week, um, this past week, you start to see authors posting these screenshots um, through this link that The Atlantic set up where you could search uh, by author and uh, they're, you know, showing a screenshot. This is my book that was scraped. This is, you know, this is what was pirated. Um, I didn't have access to the link, but a friend put my name in mm-hmm. and, you know, sent me the screenshot here, four of my books that have been used. Um, and, you know, I'm finding out at the same time everybody else's. Yeah, more than 190,000 books can be found in that uh, Books 3 data set is what it's called um, from big and small publishers. So were AI training models even on your radar before the use of your work, Uh, you know, unauthorized use, I should say, Ben? Not at all. Not thinking about it. I mean, writing is so hard to do. It takes so much time, you know, and the thought, the research, the process. And then to sort of think about uh, these alg- sort of being taken for an algorithm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it at all. I know you're not happy about this, Sonali. Uh, to put it mildly, yes. I think when chat GPT first became a thing and kind of got on everyone's radar, maybe about, I think, six months ago is mm-hmm. when I first opened it up. Um quite disbelievingly and hoping it isn't what everyone is saying it is. And um, me and some uh, writer friends did put our names in there and play around with it and kind of did questions like, you know, we started with what are the elements of, uh, you know, Sonali Dev style mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then I uh, went so far as to start putting in things to say, 
I write a short story in Sonali Dev's voice about, you know, a, a talk show, a radio talk show host who meets three uh, authors and thinks something is wrong with them. <laughs> and I mean, literally, it's words like the monsoon and mangoes and, you know, completely stereotyped nonsense that oh could, gosh. you know, that that would be the first thing that pops into your head when you think of, a, you know, a, a novel in Sonali Dev's voice came up. And it was amusing, but also terrifying. And, um, and I thought it was coming from, like, reviews. I thought, oh, they've looked at all the reviews that have been, you know, that are on, um, um, that are out available to be looked at. It didn't strike me that it's the actual books uh, that are being scraped until um, what happened, wow. I think, you know, with The Atlantic and I put my, uh, or some friend put my name in there and found that two of my books are in there. That is and, wild. And it is interesting because those are the two most, uh, you know, atmospherically Bollywood style novels that I've <laughs> written. And so, uh, so yeah. It was very, very stereotypical, it sounds like too. Um, Tracy Bame, who's a local author and, and friend of Reset, was also impacted. Uh, Tracy tweeted, Quote, I'm not flattered being included. I did not consent to being in the Books 3 data set. So, I mean, Rebecca, I'm curious if yeah. you read any AI-generated content that was uh, based on your writing. I have done the same thing, experimenting. It has no idea what my style is. Um, I've, you know, decided, So it was like, just way off. Completely off. And, you know, say, like, write about a coffee cup from Rebecca Mackay's, you know, in Rebecca Mackay's voice. And it's like... The aroma of the caffeine. Like, this oh is not gosh. how I would write anything. Um, it, you know, even, here's the thing. Even if it could imitate someone's style, um, it, no one wants to read that, right? This is, so, I, it, it's more a matter of principle to me than actually feeling like any one of us is going to be actively replaced. Mm -hmm. Readers, that's not why anyone reads. You know, you read for the human. You read because either you want that spark of recognition of, oh my God, I have experienced this. I've felt this way and someone else has too. Or you read because you haven't had that experience and you want to know what life is like over here for someone mm -hmm. else, right? You want that sense, you know, maybe it's a parasocial relationship a little bit with the author in the same way that we want to know about Taylor Swift's love life. You want to know that those songs are coming from a real place. You want to know that the author's a real person. So it's, you know, let's say it can imitate my style eventually. Let's say, I still don't think that's what anyone wants, but it's a matter of principle, number one, and it's a matter for all of us, I think, of protecting other writers who have not made a name for themselves, mm -hmm. who are not maybe writing books that people, you know, are, are in for the human. Maybe they're copywriters. Maybe they're marketing people those people are going to be out of jobs yeah. and the principle of simply having your work literally stolen. You're nodding there, Ben, you know, some, some authors, they they're taking to social media, their hashtags, uh, stop stealing books and hashtag AI sucks. <laughs> are, are those phrases that you would use? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, there's a, the authors guild has been active in, in representing authors. And so I've signed a, a letter to these companies saying, you know, don't steal my work. Mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking about what Rebecca is saying that, you know, that if, if we're not impacted, um, so two thirds of the books on the, on the book three were nonfiction, two thirds of them. So the vast majority. So I think yeah. there's something that is obviously being replaced really, you know, so the, there is a kind of learning how to compose and learning how to write. 
and I think probably all three of us teach writing because if you're a writer, you don't make enough money writing. You know, so mm -hmm. and and teaching writing is also through repetition and and looking at models and and thinking about precedent. And so certainly like AI can do some facsimile of that. And so there's going to be a lot of a lot of writers and, and not, not great novelists mm -hmm. who are going to be replaced, that there is something that's going to really happen. And so, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're trying to draw the line somewhere where we're, we're, we don't really know what to do. Like if you're a writer, you're also working all the time just to try to compose something. But, right. but something is happening that feels like a point of no return. And, and yeah. so many people who are, who are working jobs in research and are working for law firms and are, um, you know, working for WBZ and are, are working for newspapers that sort of on the, on the entry level in particular are, will probably be replaced. And even if, even if that work can be done pretty well by AI, there's something that is immensely lost. And I've thought a lot about this in, in sort of my own work and people that I even work with and even employ to do, mm -hmm. to do podcasts, that, that those are also entry level jobs where people become, you know, become you. You know, by, by doing those first jobs and even if yeah. even if they they don't do it so well in some way, mm -hmm. you know, there, or there's some aspect of, of that's, that's grunt work of just sort of figuring things out and, and writing prose that isn't so important for its beauty or, or deeper meaning. Um, mm. Something is happening that that is, is dangerous. Talk more about that, Sonalia, the, the ethical implications of using someone's creative work. Right. I mean, it's right off the bat, it is a violation, right? Theft is the worst kind of violation. I'm sure there's worse <laughs> violations, but um, all violations involve someone taking something from you. And this is someone taking the essence of, you know, who you are. And to me, um, the truly terrifying part of this is that I have... Writing is one of my earliest memories. I wrote before I did almost anything. I told stories to my dad before going to bed. I was the kid who said, when he said, I'll tell you a bedtime story, I said, no, I'll tell you a bedtime story. So I was writing oh, wow. before I, hmm. you know, before I was reading. And so I wasn't published until I was 41, which means that into my stories that people read go 40 years of every single thing I've experienced. It's my lens. It's a girl growing up with Bollywood films and Hollywood films and what that did to her and reading J Jane Austen and Jackie Collins together mm -hmm. and bringing my viewpoint to it. So the thing, so it's everything I've learned in my life that's in my stories. So the thing that's terrifying is the word learning in LLM. And for me, that's the thing that if we are and our stories are a culmination of all our learning and our knowledge than a thing that can chew through 200,000 books and pick up knowledge from that in not 40 years, but 40 minutes, uh, you know, Jeez. or 40 hours, then um, that's the piece. That is the piece I think for me, I want to understand is that there's no, where is the insight? And, uh, you know, where is that? And if it can learn from the knowledge, can it also bring insight? And this is the point where I think machines and humans, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, that the oldest sci-fi plot yeah. is coming into being. I do agree, um, you know, with what's been said before that I don't think this is reversible. Um, I was the person who took a very long time to go from mm. my flip phone to a smartphone. You know, I resisted it. Mm -hmm. And now I sleep with my 
smartphone. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I wake up to it every day. So, so the is, world is, is going to change. Is? is this just change that we just need to like this is where we're going no so we just need to jump on that boat and just i think there's an element of it i do think there's an element of that and to do it with least harm and to do it without losing the true art Mm. that i think to me is um well that's interesting because you say yes rebecca and ben are are shaking their heads no i mean to a certain extent like is this going to be um part of copywriting for a small business. I, yes, I absolutely believe that. Um, I believe that there will be authors, um, script writers, what have you, who maybe use this as a tool to a small extent in their writing. Um, I, what I think, where I think we can draw the line and where I think regular people just listening who, you know, are not, they're not writers, mm-hmm. but they're readers, they're consumers, where we can all draw that line is, insisting that your content is made by a human insisting. And, and I don't mean, you know, I know that there's going to be content out there online the you know, the write up of the directions, whatever that's that, right. That's right. not it. But when you, you know, go to a bookstore, buy those books, look at who wrote the screenplay, look at who is, you know, who is producing theater. There's support these things, um, support the good art around you um, that is what you need. You need that to feed your soul. You don't want something artificial um, for yourself as a consumer, let alone just for society. Um, what would happen to a society that only subsisted on machine-generated art, right? And right now, you're talking about the learning. The AI is looking at what has been written, right? What's going to get written in the next 50 years? How are we processing the present? How are we processing the job of a writer in so many cases is not only to process the present, but to be an antenna and pick up on the future. Right. Right. To feel to be right about what's going to happen, to warn people, to sense things or to be incredibly receptive Mm -hmm. to the world. What's going to get written in the next 50 years that then you know, let's say we threw up our hands and said AI gets to make all the art, which we're not going to do. Mm-hmm. What's it doing? It's rechewing. It's feeding. It's it's telling us, and that can be manipulated. That can be, you know, that art can be manipulated by politicians, by other interests, by people who want to make money, who absolutely don't have your best interests at heart. Um, and it's not coming from that genuine place yeah. and you're not going to receive it as genuine food for your soul. You're going to end up being manipulated among other things. And Ben, you agree. This is, this is not a change that we need to accept. Well, I think what Rebecca is saying, I'll just add to that. It's completely derivative, right? It, it can't, it's not making new things. So it can only work on what's, what's already been made. So if we're not creating new content, you know, the idea of derivatives from derivatives, um, which is also, I think, in the in the the news world, we're also in danger of you know all these things that are are, are using other people's re, uh, reporting, and there isn't enough right. uh, reporting yeah. happening. Um, yeah, I so mean, how I, I, is, how I, is this different from from someone reading your book, Ben, and just being inspired by the words that they've read, and now they're gonna they want to write something of their own? Yeah, how I think it's different very different. That? And I, I just I read a story today in thinking about this interview of somebody who just published a memoir and he then looked on Amazon and there was a biography of him, which was uh, a chat GPT version of his memoir regurgitated back. 
and then you're allowed to distribute on Amazon without any sort of you know gate gatekeepers. So that's just theft. Uh, that's very different than than building on something and mm-hmm. being inspired I by. See. So Nali, what steps have you taken to address the unauthorized use of your work? Okay, so I um, I'm also going to step back and say that when I said that it's here to stay, I didn't mean that in terms of we have to accept it uh, without. Um, any kind of uh, policing or any Mm -hmm. kind of legality. And what I'm saying is it's here and we have to face it and we have to address it. And of course, I agree with both of them that it is, uh, it's heinous. And I want to also address the piece of choice here. I think the problem, which is, you know, to your point, what am I doing? I think for me, the worst part is that I was not asked, right? And the same way what Rebecca was saying, when you present someone with um, AI art or AI, um, you know, text, they need to know so they can make the choice if they want to consume it or not. So this thing where people are consuming things not knowing what it is, mm-hmm. is a big piece. And um, and so I think that obviously advocacy and litigation, like every change in the world, that's at the heart of it. Yeah. And the first thing I did, I was not a member of the Authors Guild and I did, this made me do that first and sign the petition first. Okay and read the entire class action lawsuit until my brain went numb. And so, um, so, so first as we have, you know, we have to do the learning and figure mm-hmm. out what's happening because this thing is staring us in the face. Gotta protect yourself. And we have to protect ourselves. Do you, uh, Rebecca and Ben, have plans to pursue legal action? You know, the major lawsuit that has been, the major class action lawsuit that's been filed, um, we've all, you know, if we're not part of that, which most of us aren't, We've been told kind of sit tight for the moment, um, see what happens with that. And that's the advice that I'm following. I do know that book contracts are going to look a bit different. You know, I know that uh, our agents in working with publishers, you know, are, uh, you know, there's only so much control the publisher has, right? Mm -hmm. But that contract between me and the publisher maybe looks different. Um, And it's, it's quite possible, you know, I think that U.S. copyright law is going to need to change to account for this. Mm you know, I think that, you know, not being a lawyer and um, not, you know, particularly having the skill set to go after that, what I can do is advocate. I can talk to you on on the radio. I can post about this online mm-hmm. and make people aware of what's happening. Especially as we brought up before, new writers, right? Yeah. Ben? I was just going to think about all the ways that I actually do benefit from from things like uh, AI. And so the, you're looking at the bright side. No, no, not not in terms of this, but I think, you know, I'm, we're all hypocritical in a lot of ways. I mean, we love to just like look things up immediately. And I used to transcribe all my interviews and mm-hmm. it would take forever. And now I just, you know, download them into I mean, an algorithm. Getting ready for work this morning. And, I said, hey, Siri, <laughs> what's the weather? And so and, and also, you know, researching a book that I have. <laughs> See, we're, if you we're, guys we're couldn't stuck. hear that, Sasha's phone just, just answered her, yeah. <laughs> and there is Siri yeah. responding. Oh wow! Yeah, and and then we have we have you know, Google has downloaded all the books, and and I'm sitting at my desk, and I can look up a book and research it without going to the library, without getting it. I benefit immensely from that, and so we're lazy. And even there's a kind of irony that's a little jokey on this that a, a lot of writers didn't know whether they're book was on this list because the Atlantic is behind a paywall and they didn't subscribe. <laughs> and, and so, you know, we're guilty of that too, that, oh, it, that yeah. we have to pay for the content we want. I, ha- I have a friend that I have this debate with who is excited about all the AI generated stuff. He's like, don't you want another Biggie album? 
you know, or like a new novel by Toni Morrison. <sighs> like, like, and, and he, meaning he says this earnestly and I'm like, no, like I, I don't like so much of, you know, the human not touch. Um, but, but there are obviously people out there. He's not a maker in the same way. And I think that's part of it. And I also know that we're, we're anachronisms in a lot of way. The publishing world is like horse and buggy compared to the, the world of technology. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe this is how you feel a little bit that I, that, that we're, we're, we don't compete in, in, in the speed of, of, of the universe, but because it takes so much time to do this work. Um, but, but we have to have advocates. We have to sort of find a way to, to organize. And I also signed up with the Authors Guild because of this and, because had, of this, and yeah. had not before. Mm-hmm. Developers say uh, feeding AI high-quality writing is crucial to creating the illusion of intelligence. So as an author, I mean, does that worry you? <laughs> it, it feels as if it could be essential for developers. Yeah, I mean, I think that you could certainly feed it high-quality work with that author's permission. There are so you know, pay the author. There are plenty of people out there struggling to make a living as a writer who are fantastic writers who would be thrilled and do that. Ask them. Mm-hmm. Let this be voluntary and pay them. That's. Would you be more open to the use of your work, Sonali, if you had been a asked permission and b offered compensation? Absolutely. Now, would I have said yes or no? Is another you know uh, factor. It's a different conversation. It's a different conversation. But absolutely, asking me, um, we're all. I mean, you know, we're here to tell our stories, but we are also here to make a living and put food on the table for, you know, our families. And um, and all of this in the end is coming down to exactly that, right? Is this going to um, put a whole lot of more billions in the pockets of the 0.001% um, or is this going to generate more for everyone? And if it were something that we can use to make life easier for everyone, make it easier for me to do the parts that are me parts in my book, which is bringing me to the book, you mm-hmm. know, spending more time doing that and making other things like research easier, like traveling the world, uh, you know, in a helicopter without traveling the world in a helicopter. Mm-hmm. If it can let me do those things, which which will enhance my voice and what I want to say. And um, so those pieces are great. But uh, but that, I think, is so there are ways for this to benefit people. But often in the world, we've seen things that, you know, are sold to us as a benefit end up being a thing to, can I say, screw us over mm. uh, on yeah. the radio. And, sure um, <laughs> and I think that that is the thing to be afraid of. And that's what yeah. I'm afraid of. Um, I, I There's another thing that, you know, from what Ben said, um, that when I was reading that uh, class action suit, one of the things that popped in my head is after I'm dead, they can still write books, you know, in my voice if everything is in there. And what does that mean? Like, That's do the I... scary part. Yeah. That's the scariest yeah. part for me. 30 seconds left, Ben. Final thoughts here. Yeah, these companies often say they're, they're doing well uh, by doing good for themselves that those happen over and over again. We know with Meta already that that's just not the case. We can't trust them. Um, and yeah, so I think there, there are lots of things we can do, including we sort of this, this kind of um, like a, a digital fingerprint like you were saying about like if something is mm-hmm. AI generated, you can sort of track down where it is. So you yeah. can't suddenly find your work on, on uh, Amazon being sold. And so there, there's a little ways to track this. There are ways around it, and, and, and it starts with the conversation, for sure. Ben Austin, Sonali Devin, Rebecca Mackay are Chicago-based authors whose books were used as training material 
to develop AI without their permission. Thank you all so much for joining us in studio. Thank you. Thank you, Sasha. Thank you, Sasha. That episode of The Reset Podcast was produced by Landon Jones. It was edited by Meha Ahmed and Ethan Schwab. Get the news, politics, and culture happening in Chicago by subscribing to our podcast. That's all for this morning. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. I'll talk to you again this afternoon. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.